Not only do I turn looks, I turn bottoms into tops. I might be a bear, but deep down I'm just a kitten. Hello! I'm Hunter Harden. And I'm Papa the Bear. And, and welcome, welcome to the Real House Bears of Salt Lake City Podcast. Yes! Welcome back. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a lot of good food, but stayed safe. And we still have not even had our Thanksgiving dinner yet. We plan to have ours tomorrow. (laughs) We've got our turkey and some nice brine that I made today, which is, I don't really know exactly what brine is, but I hear it's really good for your turkey, and I did it last year, and turkey was phenomenal. It really was phenomenal. I will support that entirely. So, But we're glad to be back in Salt Lake City. Woohoo! And now I hope that our sound is much clearer and sounds better. Maybe and not so. We got the we got uh, the P's and the K's all good to go. Yes. <laughs> sound quality hopefully improving than our makeshift sound studio in beautiful Cabo San Lucas. Katie Curret calmly caresses Tina Turner while she trims tulips. Wow, that was excellent. I've never heard that before. I just made it up. You are kidding me. Yeah, I was just seeing if I could, if it sounds good. Oh my God. <laughs> I used some like T's and P's and C's and You sure did. This is like a diction <laughs> lesson. Welcome to Diction 101, a public speaking 101. Hey. <laughs> and I'll be your teacher, Hunter Harden. Now, we are, even though we are glad to be back in Salt Lake City, something really exciting happened when we were in Mexico. Okay, I'm not going to fangirl out. I'm not going to fangirl out. I'm not going to fangirl I'm totally, <laughs> I'm totally fangirling out. Uh, Jen Shaw and Heather Gay gave us a little bit of love. Yes. Uh, so during Jen Shaw's Instagram Live, we were joining in. We're so excited to find out that Jen Shaw and first assistant Stuart, Stuart. Um, are fans of the podcast. So that's exciting. Yes, gave us some, a little bit of love, which is really awesome. And then there's Heather Gay that told us, hey, come into the beauty lab. Yes. And we're like, um, we'll be there in like two seconds. Right. I mean, just I'm going to hold that 15 minute Botox spot. Yes. And we're going to go and we're going to go get that Jen Shaw no sweat plan going. Yes, we are. Shout out to Beauty Lab and Laser, which we get to see a lot about Beauty, the staff of Beauty Lab and Laser this week. By, by the way, uh, when we were listening to Jen Shaw's live uh, post, um, my new favorite thing to do is just, just say, Stuart, Stuart, Stuart. Stuart. She loves to say her assistant's name so much, and she like was ordering him around to get her a new phone. Yeah, Stuart, I need a new phone. Right, but as soon as this is over, Stuart, Stuart I need to get a new phone. Stuart, give me a new phone. Stuart, give me a new phone. Stuart, and this isn't working. I loved it. I loved it. I just loved it. I, <laughs> she said Stuart like a million times in that little thing, and Stuart is probably in the corner just rolling his eyes because he's used to Jen Shaw being super extra and fun. Maybe the Stuart should be the drinking word of the season. Like anytime Jen Shaw says Stuart, you have to take a drink. Oh my gosh, if we get a Stuart episode, it'll be Please, over. Well, well, let's just go back and back to start watching again. From he was the first one. assistant we got to meet. Like we show. haven't watched each episode about 16 times each. <laughs> (laughs) 
Well, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Everybody needs a Switzerland. I have, I've actually been to Switzerland. It's really quite beautiful there. Have you ever, I, you haven't traveled abroad. Uh-uh. It's not like the Swiss Alps. Yeah, yeah. Switzerland's beautiful. Um, Ooh. Uh, and, I, you know, they're neutral. And, you know, I agree. I everyone love neutral. Doesn't. <laughs> I love neutral. <laughs> right. But everyone does need a little Switzerland, for sure. We open up with Lisa in the car with her son and husband. And she is in desperate, desperate need of a Diet Coke. Yeah. And who isn't? I love that that was the very first words of the entire episode. I need a Diet Coke. <laughs> but I feel like we've already seen this episode because they kept, sh- kept showing it for all the previews coming um, up this season, coming next week, coming in two weeks. I feel like I've seen pretty much this whole entire episode. But what I didn't catch before is that when she's like... Um, Henry, what are the Ten Commandments? And he says, thou shalt not smoke and thou shalt not do anything bad. She didn't (laughs) respond with, Henry, those aren't the Ten Commandments. She responded with, okay, Henry, what is something bad? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she did just say, I only need two examples from the commandment. And it's just so funny that he responds, when after she says, you know, well, what is something bad? Don't look at porn, he says. Yes, and she doesn't miss a beat. She's like, yep, that's bad. (laughs) But you know, as a kid that old, why would that be the first thing you say is porn? I would have thought drugs. I sure know I went through like that like no drugs, like dare program. Well, when I was Henry's age, it was probably like, to me, it was cuss words. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. It certainly, but you know, he does but have But you know what? Brothers. It is the day of technology as well, and it, porn is so easily accessible. I remember doing a book report on Jack the Ripper in school, and we did it on the computer, and I did Jack the Ripper search. Boom! A bunch of porn came <laughs> up, and my imagine. teacher and everybody was like, what are you doing, Hunter? And I'm like, I swear, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm doing something bad all the time, but right. I was not looking at porn. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling that Lisa has probably brought this up more than once, because, you know, watching the way that she goes on and on and on in the driving lesson later, she seems to harp on things, so I'm sure that she's like, okay, Henry, you can use the computer, but let me talk to you about how important it is not to look at porn. Don't look at porn, and, and if you see something that looks at porn, don't click on porn. <laughs> But that was a fun scene and a good way to open up in one of Lisa's only scenes this episode. Um, But I love then turning over to Brooks and Meredith getting muscle stimulation treatments. (laughs) I would love to do this on days I don't want to go to the gym. Oh my god, yeah. Well, clearly Brooks says it's the most exercise he's had in five months, so maybe that's his alternative. (laughs) Oh, now, um, okay, so let's talk about Prohibition. Um, when are we going is my first question. We are definitely going to have to go do this prohibition thing and figure out the keywords. I think the key word is uh, like playing around with wet or dry. Well, <laughs> I even wrote a note about this because throughout this episode, you see different people going into prohibition and trying to figure out what they're supposed to say to get in. Yeah, because basically, <laughs> it's they go by the laws of prohibition because you know alcohol was illegal, and so there was a lot of hidden little bunkers and places that used to do used to sell alcohol, and prohibition is one of them. I love it that. It's, uh, like, disguised as Murray's Antique and Oddities. (laughs) So to get in, you're right. Whitney's like, 
something wet, not so dry. And then there was like this really awkward pause for a second. I was like, ew, gross. <laughs> I really want a secret door. I think a secret door would be so awesome, like behind a bookshelf and stuff. 100%. I think that's whatever, like kid fantasy. I would just like hide out in there all the time. Yeah, maybe. I'd be like, I'd say I'd read books in there, but I know I wouldn't. Maybe, I think what you're really saying is you need a panic room. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. I would love a panic room, especially for those nights where I watch too many horror movies and I think something's coming to get me. Yes, I, I want to. I could have used a panic room in Mexico. I was having a lot of bad dreams in Mexico. <laughs> I think it was called tequila. But anyhow, um, so we see that Whitney's getting ready to throw a party for about 30 people. So it sounds pretty low-key, but um, as we know, in true Housewives Bravo fashion, it's not going to be a low-key party. No, it's never going to be a low-key party. Oh my gosh, I love the next scene where it cuts out to the the Capitol building of Salt Lake City and it's freshly snowing and we open up. Heather walks in carrying these boxes. And what are in these boxes? These tiny little Land Rover cars for these unborn babies. (laughs) Okay, when I was younger... I had just hit that age where I was too old to play with these little motorized cars, but I wanted one so bad, and then I got on my my nephew's one, and it wouldn't even move. I was too heavy for it. So my dreams of having a little mini car is kind of dashed. So I'm so jealous of these unborn babies. (laughs) Ooh, I'm so upset. (laughs) So jealous of these unborn babies. (laughs) So So Heather is throwing a shower for five of their, of her beauty lab and laser employees who are all pregnant all in their 20s actually they're like 21 to 28 i think so they're starting them young and starting with the things that matter they say with these land rover cars oh and here we go my favorite part of the episode is a leg slash shoe reveal of jen shaw wearing these black and gold mortal Kombat type shoes that look like they would cut you I think that it's so amazing. You know, people and they've on got tassels on them and stuff. I just, I, I'm living for her shoes. I love them too. People on sh- uh, social media have been kind of harsh. Like, why is she always wearing these shoes that are not appropriate for the weather? Meow, meow, meow. And I'm, I'm like, listen. A very wise man, Fernando Lamas, who was actually a character on SNL played by Billy Crystal, <laughs> once said. It's better to look good than to feel good. And listen, I have been squeezing myself into the most uncomfortable shoes and clothes since I was a kid because I learned that from Fernando Lamas. And clearly, Jen Shaw has learned the same sentiment. Amen. It's Amen. better to look good than to feel good. And if she's going to show up, and if she's especially going to be on camera, she's going to be looking good. Rain, sleep, sunshine you don't care i just love it that her shoes are like (laughs) you can't they are only meant for like marble floors they are not meant for any kind of terrain that's like this but listen i'm living for it i say forget the well clearly jen shaw is not too worried about the haters but forget the haters and you keep wearing your strappy heels oh and that yellow furry coat that was honestly stripped right off the bag back of big bird (laughs) well actually heather gay calls her tweety bird oh my god (laughs) But she makes it look so good. It doesn't look cheap or anything like that. I'm sure it's not cheap at all. It's probably more than our mortgage. But... Listen, we're into big, shiny, bright things. And Jen Shaw is no shortage of big, shiny, bright things. 
Speaking about shiny and sparkly things, did you see Heather, what uh, Heather Gay is wearing? Her earrings and her belt are Chanel little symbols out of like diamonds and they match perfectly on her outfit. Look at how tiny that slim belt is. Uh, she looks so adorable. She does. I really like that. I'm into, I'm into. It looks lot. very vintage. Yeah, I'm really into, well, you know, we are clearly Heather Gay stands. As yes. Uh, made, made fun of <laughs> so uh, she can kind of do no wrong in her eyes I'm sure that will change as the season goes on she's not perfect as she and I love here for once she says I want these girls to know that it's not perfect I want these girls to know that these babies aren't going to come out and be Gerber babies and everything's going to be perfect and I'm like I'm so glad to finally hear that message from you Heather Gay because I you know, I worry about. I in worry the first about, episode, you said you're worried. Yeah, I worry about her self-esteem a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think Heather Gay's got plenty of self-esteem. She's yeah. an amazing woman, and she's a single mom, right? Yeah, yeah, and she's just killing it. She's killing, killing the, the game. game. Yeah, but we do find out in this scene when they're decorating for the and planning the baby shower and determining what size bow to use. <laughs> <laughs> she's like. Eight inches, perfect. Yes, I like. Thank you for bringing all twelve options for these five. But <laughs> so we do find that when Heather went through a divorce, she just completely shut down. That like it was really, really hard for her. And we learn a lot. We get a lot deeper with Heather Gay in this moment, even though it's not like a full scene about Heather. We do get really deep into how hard the divorce was on her. Yeah, and and even with just the Mormon Church, because if you get divorced under the, like, you know, the Mormon Church gets upset about it. Yeah, that was really profound to me, because she says, in my heart, I am Mormon, but how can I be Mormon if I've been divorced? Like, you can see that that conflict is really just shattering her inside, so that's why she's adamant that, like, her girls get to make their own choices, unlike kind of she did, where she felt kind of forced to marry this Mormon guy and to have a family before she got to be the good time girl she's always wanted to be. Exactly. You know? And you could see how much guilt that the church has placed on her shoulders because of how stressed she is to be a good Mormon. And it just shouldn't have to be that way. Life is not perfect. Life is not black and white. Yeah, at for all. Sure. And so I feel bad that she's putting so much pressure on herself and she doesn't need to. But I think she knows that. But it's still hard to get over, especially when you're getting over somebody that you did love and you gave your entire life for them and to be a part of that life. And then they just kind of almost abandon you. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I could see, I can understand why Heather is so upset right now in this scene. Yeah, a lot of this whole entire episode, as far as Heather's gay storyline is concerned, is really about, listen, I really feel like I gave up a lot of who I was to be who I was supposed to be. Exactly. Can we um, talk about that girl sitting next to Jen Shaw? Her hair is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She was really Oh, amazing. my gosh. Her hair is gorgeous. Well, every time I see someone who gets a little bit of extra screen time, I'm like, I wonder if they were originally you know, considered to be Considered cast. to be a cast. Yeah, yeah. Because what about that one girl? Uh, well, uh, the, uh, the girl in the pink dress yes. from the first episode. Sarah, maybe? Sarah? I thought her, her name was, was Sarah, too. I think her name is Sarah. Yeah, she, well, she was. You know, uh, digging a little deeper, she was into one of those you know, right-wing conspiracy theory like things. Like QAnon or something? something? like that, yeah. 
one of those. I, I tried to not read that kind of <laughs> news. But yeah, she supposedly had some posts about one of those like extreme right-wing like conspiracy theory QAnon situations, and that's, I believe, ultimately what kept her off the show from, you know, no, no fact-checking done. Oh, I know, but I need more screen time with her. She's so awesome. She's a nut oh my job, gosh. it looks like. <laughs> oh, but that's, what, that's great TV right there. 100%. Um, next to Meredith in her winter white, pale pink pant suit, this woman can wear a pant suit. I don't know why you would wear a white suit to make a smoothie without the blender lid on. Oh, that was not that <laughs> it was not a smoothie. That was a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was a margarita. <laughs> yeah, so her starting it up before the top was on is what I what Chloe would probably say is classic because when she's like cleaning it up, Chloe's like, "Mom, do you know where the mop is?" She's like, "No, I don't know where the mop." And she just says classic. <laughs> I aspire to live a life where I don't have to know where the mop is. <laughs> you know? That's a good goal, right? <laughs> like, this is what the Real Housewives are about. These are supposed to be affluent women who are successful and are living lives that we all aspire to have, you know? So, I all am all about living that kind of life. <laughs> I just want to live a life where I don't know where the mop is. I just love that. And then in comes Jen Shaw. And, you know... Jen Shaw Shaw gave Brooks such a long hug. Did you notice that? I love like a one or two second long extra long hug I feel like people hug people too quickly well and she even says I love you uh, she says I love you or I love you so much it looks like they're really close well I mean she considers them her children she even says that yeah um, I, I, I I love any time that we get to see a dog so in comes Teddy but I don't like the dog on the table that may you know I didn't grow up with cats and I know that people who have cats are like what cats are on the furniture that's no big thing but to see and I'm sure that this dog is probably cleaner than my own floor but to see a dog on the table where there's food it just makes me nervous (laughs) i yell at you to get off the table all the time but listen i'm not a dog i'm a bear i'm like bear get off the table and you just look over at me and then just keep doing whatever you're doing whatever bad thing you're doing well you'll have that you know (laughs) so brooks asks jen if she's excited about the 1920s party and jen says I'm excited for my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I do that so many times. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this party because I'm, I'm going to look so cute. I'm more excited about the outfit than I am the actual party. Right? Well, Jen Shaw says she's going to be 1920s Hollywood madam. She doesn't want to be basic bitch 1920s flapper. I'm really super <laughs> surprised that after she said that, Bravo did not, the editors didn't put in a montage of all of the flapper costumes from all of the 20s Great Gatsby's parties of Bravo history because you know every single Housewife City Below Deck every Bravo show has a Great Gatsby or a 20s inspired party that's true I mean every, every, every year I'm like well, it's another calendar year. There's the new 1920s party episode from Bravo. <laughs> you got to give it up to the Bravo editors, though. Sometimes the Bravo editors, just a quick little edit of just 
I don't know, a glass in the bottom of a pool will set the tone for that exact scene. Yes, or it'll set you up for a commercial break. Or the commercial break. Yeah, it's just like the editors on Bravo, you know, bravo to you. Bravo to the editors for sure. (laughs) So Jen says that they're going to do a high kick and she says, I would show you, but I don't want to show you my vagina right now. So what she does, I think, is, you know, turn and try to be demure about it and to kind of still have fun um, because obviously she feels like she can have fun with these kids. And so she's like doing these, she repositions herself so that she's not flashing and does these high kicks and yells my favorite, grinder, grinder, grinder. (laughs) But clearly... And look, you can even see that Chloe's laughing. Chloe's about laughing. It. But then uh, Brooke says, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to save that. For, I'm going to use that little sound bite forever. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. So, um, so then obviously Chloe's going to have to follow suit with that. But her vagina was not in his face. <sighs> okay, Brooks. Can you not be an extreme side of a stereotype? The entitled, snobby, pretentious, party killer, gay guy? (laughs) I mean, I'm waiting for him to say, do you even know who my dad is? Oh my god. I am waiting for him to say that. That's the kind of person... I hope that he proves me wrong, but so far, I'm not into it. Uh, he lost a lot of fans this week. I will say uh, uh, on social media as well. You know, everyone was really... He was fan favorite episode one. And now on episode three, a lot of people are like, Brooks, she didn't flash you. You're being overdramatic. However, Meredith has been defending him, saying there's much more to the story that we don't know. Well, then she needs to dish. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that it's something that's just going to come up versus something that you're only going to hear like one time on What Happens Live. I'm assuming it's going to be part of the storyline or else why wouldn't she have already said it? Oh, gosh. And then Brooks is like, I am beyond shocked. Gosh, he's just so dramatic. It's like, honey, you are 21. Your sister's 18. You guys have seen full-on penetration by the time you're in fifth grade because of internet and stuff. I mean, you cannot be that prude. And I just honestly feel Brooks is just reaching for attention. And you could obviously tell that he's there on the show not to support his mom, but to support his clothing line. Yeah. Well, it's working. He sold out twice. I mean, he sold out twice, and I, I honestly, I don't get it because it's just a black sweatshirt and sweatpants with a line down it that says his name. I mean, if you Google athletic wear, that's what all athletic wear is. It's just a stripe down the arm or the leg. But that's what kind of irritates me about like rich kids with rich families. Like, they don't have to strive and work for that. It's just like, oh, do you want to do a line? Let's do it. Um, Mommy will pay for it. And you know what? I could be completely wrong and I'll eat my words for it, but that's not the way I'm seeing it. And he's like, I'm here to like work on my clothing line. I'm like, well, you better have a little bit more imagination than just a black tracksuit with a stripe with your name down it because you're not really a name. (laughs) I'm sorry. I might be being too mean, but I just get irritated with really rich kids that have these endeavors that they don't ever have to work for. Well, I think you feel betrayed because you really liked him episode one and he's probably. really letting you down. Probably. He's, probably, he's just letting me... I just don't like that stereotype that he's that's kind a, of Yeah, and that's a trigger for sure. And when he's leaving... Well, first of all, 
when I was probably in my 20s and you were a kid, going to Best Buy was a great excuse for anything. Because, I mean, that was the most fun thing to do, was go to Best Buy. I Best Buy. And look through CDs and DVDs. and Pick all. out the new seasons. Oh, yeah. So super exciting. But, I mean, unless he's going to buy a piece of, a, like, sound equipment or some sort of electronic He's probably going to go buy a new computer or something. I think it's... it was really just a really bad ex- excuse to get out. <laughs> it really is what At it least was. he didn't say we're going to go to In-N-Out or something. Right. <laughs> and then um, and then on his way out though Jen's like even though you birthed them out of your vagina they're my kids which you know is again which I think it's maybe Jen's just too familiar with them and they're not feel, feeling the same way well and you know, know Jen also said that you know Meredith's husband has gone a lot just like her so it's nice for them to connect and it seems like they hang out a lot yeah. but now that Grumpy Pants Magoo is home from college. <laughs> there is going to be no partying, Mom. There's nobody. I can't believe you would have that kind of person in your home. Oh, I know. Ugh, right. So irritating. And even though, you know, maybe you don't like the verbiage that she used, but when she, you know, what Jen said was a nice sentiment, and Brooks's response, or at least the editor's response, was just Brooks saying, gross. I know. <laughs> Ugh. And now we open up to Lisa's house with her kids. We've got laryngitis Lisa this week. <laughs> I feel bad for her. It sounds like she was at a concert last night just screaming. No, she was probably just nagging Jack about driving because in this scene she just says, I don't want to make you nervous, but then just sits there and makes him nervous through the entire <laughs> scene. She's like, say a prayer. And Jack's like, oh, I already did. <laughs> As she's le- Do you know, did you know she leaves the house with her big gulp cup? Oh, yeah. I, you know, in my fantasy, she has a fountain drink soda machine in her house. I can't believe. I, I mean, she, Look, like those, this giant... she should have like those Coke freestyle things. The, Coke freestyle uh, machines. Oh, oh, the soda stream. Yes. Oh, oh no, a Coke freestyle. No, yeah, yes. Coke freestyle. Oh, oh, my gosh. That is my fantasy for sure. Oh, my God. I know. But the only thing that would be taken out of is Diet Coke and Diet Mountain Dew. Well, listen, I would know. I would find all kinds of amazing combinations <laughs> if I had one in my house. Uh, Jack does not look like he should be driving. He looks like he's 12. Seriously. And he's got a pretty good sense of wit, which sometimes a little bit slow on the uptake. When you said he has a strong pull-out game, <laughs> I didn't get it until the second time we watched Even this. Henry got it in the back. Even Henry giggled about it. I'm like, like, Henry, yeah. how do you know what a pull-out, like, pulling out is? He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like her she's like be confident not khaki Um, so she again she just really kind of stresses she says you want to feel calm and confident while she's totally stressing him out but they finally end at the gas station and sends him in for a 44 ounce diet coke easy ice with lemon I mean that's the only time he can get driving lessons is to be her chauffeur to go get Diet Coke easy on the lemon. <laughs> what, or what, what happened to the drink that she left the house with? Like she is I think she's going out. to I think she's going to fill up that cup again. Maybe like, maybe she's being environmentally responsible. There you maybe, go. Or she's just going to double fist it. Oh, I mean God. that would not surprise me. me either. She is bad I But I hope you enjoy this scene because this is Lisa's only scene through this whole entire episode. Now we open up on some homeless women in stilettos. <laughs> oh, that's Mary. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it honestly looks like Mary has a... She's got to have like a pile of clothes in this one room. And she goes in there, grabs three items, six more too many items, and just throws them all on. 
it just honestly like she just throws crazy stuff on and throws on too many accessories what is that whole saying look at yourself in the mirror and take one accessory off right I think yeah. that's yeah she needs to take like four or five accessories off. I will say that I really do love her leather, her red leather blouse, but again, she's wearing the one black glove. <laughs> she's wearing um, the, uh, the rest of the outfit, like these pink pants and these floral shoes. Uh, again, it's not a, and everything is eight sizes too big on her. Yeah, they always wear her. She does not wear her clothes. Listen, I, I have some things. Listen, I'm working on loving Mary more because I've, I'm really hard on Mary and again I want to like all my housewives so even though every time I see her all I see is this crazy messed up wig <laughs> that is all you can see is her is her wig and like every time I see her I'm just like girl that wig fix your or the weave or whatever it is that's not your real hair because I can oftentimes see the wig lines as well I'm like girl you're on TV. Have you not seen that? And it, on Watch What Happens Live, she's like, I can do my own hair and makeup. Now, she has since posted on social media apologizing for her hair. Thank you. So we, I accept your apology, Mary, because <laughs> I really, I, I'm going forth, I'm going to do my best to appreciate Mary for some good one-liners and being good television, even though she's batshit crazy. If she does grow on me a l- for a second later on this episode. Truly. But not very much. Little by little, she's kind of being a little bit more likable and stuff. But it seems like her whole life has been having to defend her lifestyle. Yeah. So I think that can just make you kind of an edgy, weird person in general. And I could kind of see that with her. Um, so we'll see how this series comes out. She might, by the end of the series, be my favorite. Yeah. God forbid. But she might become my, fa- my favorite at the end. You never, never know. I, f- I feel also she's having a... Ho- I feel like she's having a harder time than anyone else getting comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, again, I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's not quite eloquent. Um, but she is a public speaker for a living. So I'm just really hopeful that um, she's just getting used to the cameras right now. But then again, then I go right back to not liking her again because she goes in about her son and how much she loves him and stuff. And then talks about how she takes her kids to Dubai and Japan or anywhere where they show interest. So again, I don't like it when pastors flaunt money or have more money than the congregation that is giving their last $4. I grew up very, very, very poor. And when I went to church with my mom, it always confused me so much that she would put so much money in the the plate that they hand that they offering off the offering and stuff. I just didn't understand it because I didn't have very much growing up and I would never ask my mom for anything because I knew we didn't have money. So church and money has kind of a sore spot with me. So her whole lifestyle irritates me. Uh, I get it. I get it. And like I said, I'm just I'm gonna try to be not so hard on her because listen people on social media are savage and I it's being on social media myself as a model and social media influencer it is hard to be putting yourself out there because people can say the nastiest meanest things for no reason so I feel bad in that aspect but she is getting paid so much money to do the show and oh. you know what it comes with the territory yeah listen I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be completely I'm not going to let her get away with everything I'm just gonna, <laughs> don't you do it there I'm just like, I'm just going to support the good things she does like she gives us a great line in this when she says honey you've been married for 20 years I know your marriage is not a nine I thought that was really funny <laughs> I don't funny. think anybody's marriage is a nine or a ten it's always going to fluctuate I think it could be nine or tens at some times but sure. it's always going to be like 
like fives. But I thought time. it was just funny, and I, I don't think that she was trying to be serious. No. I thought that she was trying to be funny. But, you know, it's finally week episode three, and we really get into Mary's story. And I've been, I've been looking forward to it. I want to know more. It is such an interesting storyline. And, you know, there's been marriages that are arranged even to this day in cultures and stuff but this arrangement is so odd to me and so weird to me that I have to know more about it. It's like a true crime. Right. It's like an unsolved mystery. <laughs> I have to get to... I'm going to get a... Uh, I'm a private investigator. I'm going to find this stuff out. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not an arranged marriage like you would normally think. But I don't know. I want to see what the grandmother's last will said because she said it was in her grandmother's will and what kind of rules went on with that. Like, what was in... like. How did you have to be married to him your entire time, or you lose the money and the homes and the church, or do you have to stay married to him? You know, like well, like no. According to the, here at this dinner with Meredith, she says that separation is not an option. It was in the will for her to. Well, remember, Meredith asks her. She's like, if your husband felt like there was a chance that you might leave, do you feel like he would be more attentive to you? And and Mer- uh, Mary says. That's not an option. It was part of the will. Yeah, see, that's just... That's that's like being held hostage. And you know what? You could fall in love with anybody in that scenario. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. So <laughs> I'm very worried for you, Mary girl. What's going on with you? Blink twice in your next episode if you need help. <laughs> Free Mary. Now, uh, listen, Robert Sr. seems like a really super sweet guy. We'll get to him in just a minute. But what I really love, uh, there's a few things about this scene that are uh, really stood out to me. First of all, with Meredith and Mary at dinner, Meredith brings up the lack of communication as being a hardened part of marriages, which we know is part of the reason why she's separated now. And then Meredith asks, you know, if he felt like you could leave, do you think he would give you more attention? I'm like... Is, is, is that a is that a trick that Meredith is playing on Seth? Oh, when she said that, I was like, "Why did she say that?" I was like, "Is that kind of the game she plays with Seth, making him, you know, feel like, well, Meredith could leave me any minute. I better show her." Is that like the tool she uses to try to get more attention from yeah, Seth? That's a good theory. So yeah. that was kind of a mind blowing moment for me. Mary goes on to talk about how her and her mother don't talk anymore because of money and materials and stuff. Again, it goes back to, in that will, Mary even said that this is what it comes with. The money, the homes, the church. Honey, you got married to some stranger, that some older man that your second husband of your mom, grandmother is like, it's just crazy. You did that for the money. For you to be safe. And that's why it was so easy for you to cut your mother out, even when your mother was upset, and to say that it was about money and stuff because you were going to be okay. You were going to be fine because you got all that money, honey. Well, I mean, it seems like Mary didn't have an option. I think she does. I don't think... I I think she had 100% of an option to decline that. But... I think that's her character. Again, I don't want to be too mean on Mary, but this situation is just getting more convoluted and contradictory, um, or contradicting. (laughs) I mean, I I feel like it could be a a lot of lack of self-confidence as well. Maybe Mary doesn't know any better you know i don't her best friend was her grandmother and mom so we'll see i don't know how well she you know actually up. she does know better because we also find out that 
It was weird. I was just glad to finally hear Mary said, yes, it was weird. I think that's what we've all been waiting on, was just for Mary to say, yeah, it was weird. It took me a while to get used to it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, like I said, Stockholm Syndrome. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we all got to hear that. Why don't we take a little break, and then we will get to dig deeper into Mary's story in one of the upcoming segments, and look at some more interactions between Meredith and Brooks and her kids. Good, because I need to wet my whistle. We'll be right back. Bye. So here we go, opening up with Meredith and some avocados. <laughs> They're making guacamole from Meredith's house, and I have to say that every time I see her house, I don't think it's a house. I think they're just showing some, like, random building. Like and a so, library like, or yeah, something. Yeah, it looks like a library or a doctor's office. I'm not saying that it's not beautiful, but I've watched this episode, like, four times, and every time I see that house, I don't recognize it as someone's, a cast member's home. And here comes uh, Brooks' brother's clothing line right here. <laughs> Brooksy. And he's uh, making almond milk. And uh, did you know that's how you make almond milk? I had absolutely no idea. I think it might be a good idea to try making our own because we do it a lot. We make we drink almond milk all the time. Um, I don't know if I'm really interested in making my <laughs> I don't think it's going to taste as good as something that I can buy from the store. Uh, so here we go. Brooks is very upset that... He had to see a vagina or quote unquote at uh, his mom's house with Jen Shaw the other night. So he's lecturing his mother. So Brooksy is like bringing Chloe into this as well. And, you know, when they go back, you can see that Chloe was laughing about it. So it really wasn't a big deal. He's just trying to create some sort of drama and really just trying to show his dominance, which I find very unsettling. Yeah, it's like he's the man of the house whenever his dad's gone or something like that. Like he's got to take on that responsibility or something. But honestly, I think it's all just for the cameras. Well, I can accept that he's there to like support his mom and help her mom and to be uh you know a voice of reason when she's feeling you know not very reasonable but he's not in charge you know meredith is the one who should be in charge but she doesn't even try to smooth this over between him and jen she's like okay brooksy i'm 100 on your side i get it i'm not going to try to help you understand maybe that jen wasn't trying to be offensive i'm not going to do any of that i'm just gonna say all right you're in we're canceling the sleepover and that's that <laughs> And here we are. Now we're with Mary at her house. Finally, we get to finally, see Mary's house. Finally, finally in Mary's home. Episode three, we finally get to get inside of her home and see what her real story is and see how she interacts with her husband and her son and all that good stuff. And again, right back to the pile of clothes in her room that she just grabs 16 accessories and three items of clothing to throw on. She's got very clashing patterns going on right here and you know what that like jasmine headpiece <laughs> is the only thing holding that wig on right now girl that wig i you know every time i just see her i, I just write down <laughs> that wig she finally she obviously found that one on the ground too i kind of like 
Robert Sr., I'd like to see a little bit more of him as well, because I kind of like them kind of bickering back and forth to each other. It's kind of cute. I, I think uh, Robert Sr. is a really nice guy. Yeah, he seems to treat her with respect. I like that he calls her Miss Mary. I think that's really cute. I think that, you know, this scene shows that actually Mary does have some charm, but I think Mary's biggest issue still is maybe she's not that comfortable in front of the camera yet. No. You know, and maybe I'm, you know, I'm trying to give Mary the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to find what I like about her. She does give us some good TV. She gives us some great one-liners. She gives us something to throw shade about, so that's fun too. (laughs) But I'm kind of, you know, even though I find this scene really sweet between her husband and her son, I just still feel like there's something missing. Either a bit of being genuine or maybe she's just, like I said, uncomfortable in front of the camera still. Yeah, and plus what this show is really kind of diving in and dissecting everybody's life. And you could tell with her, she's had to defend a lot in her life with the this arranged marriage and stuff like that. She's lost family members um, from jealousy and um, money and all that stuff. So I think that is another reason why she's kind of hesitant to be on the screen. But this is you signed up for this. We gotta we gotta see <laughs> your whole it. life. Jump in. Um, I really do relate with Robert Sr. because he, um, I have a little bit of Mary in my own home. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about the brat? What, how many times comment? a day do I call you a brat? <laughs> if I was a dog, I would definitely think that that was my name because you call me brat all the time. But yeah, I wrote that down too. I loved it when Robert Sr. called Mary, oh, you're just a brat. Because <laughs> yes. I could identify with that. <laughs> and, and Mary says that she. Well, she doesn't say that she's convinced herself, but we see that Mary has convinced herself that he is the man that she would pick if she had the choice. Well, clearly that's not true because we find out that you were terrified and that you thought it was all weird. So if he was the man that you would choose, I mean, I guess him being your stepfather would be a reason why you wouldn't choose him. But I feel like it's like... It's not stepfather, step-grandfather. Oh, yeah, step-grandfather. Yeah, step-grandfather. So, I mean... Is he the man that she would choose, or is she convinced? Or has she convinced herself? Like I want to see that will. I want to see what was written on that will. I want to see exactly word for word what her grandmother wrote in there. Like I just need to know the details of this marriage arrangement. It's a, such an unsolved mystery. I have to know what it is. <laughs> Speaking of being uncomfortable on camera, her poor son. He does not. You could tell he does not want to have this conversation in front of the cameras right now. <laughs> He's just like mom. I'm 17 years old. I don't want to do this with your camera crew right here. I want to go back out and play Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to talk about going into another school. Who wants to go to another school? And he probably doesn't want to talk about his girlfriend either. <laughs> and he probably doesn't want to talk about how the blender keeps getting screen time. Okay, I wrote down this blender thing. This episode should not be called Everyone Needs a Switzerland. It should be called Everyone Has a Blender. Seriously. Because first there's the margarita mishap with Meredith. Then Brooks doing his almond milk. And now Robert Sr. interrupting their conversation with his blender. I I think these blenders have gotten their 15 minutes of fame. Again, I think they're yes. the new housewives. Yes, yes. Thank you again, editors. We can't be more appreciative for your awesome, for giving the blenders some screen time. That's just amazing. Um, I think this whole scene ends kind of sweet, but again, it just felt a little bit awkward or put on for me in general, but I'm really, really glad that Mary finally got to have her real big scene. Yeah, you only got to see the kitchen of the house, but I would like to see the rest of her 
house and see what it looks like. I want to see like the decorations she has. Well, actually, on BravoTV.com, I know that you can tour a few of their homes. I we we you and I watched Heather Gaze. We're actually going to start doing mini episodes, minisodes, I guess. Yeah, and we're going to review the. Bravo Cribs of the Housewives. Yeah, so I'll be looking for like a short episode on that coming up soon. And, and so hopefully, I have I don't remember if Mary's was on there or not, but hopefully we can uh, take a nicer tour of Mary's home. Because tonight we got a great tour of Faith Temple Pentecostal Church. Oh yes, Whitney and her dad and Meredith and her friend are all going to Mary's yes, church. Yes, so it's been 10 years, I think it says, since Whitney's dad has been to church. He's thinking about going in, well, he's getting ready to go into 30 days of rehab, then maybe even moving into sober living. So, um, I'm, you know, I would be terrified if, not to go to Mary's church necessarily, but as someone who was like a devout Mormon churchgoer, just going to a church in general. And her church is kind of an extreme side of the church as well. There, It's very, very energetic. Yeah, yeah. I, now, I grew up in a church like that. So in my church, people were dancing in the aisles and speaking in tongues. And so I know that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And I, I totally get it, to be honest with you. But it's been so long, I don't know if I would feel comfortable in the same environment. But I'm not it, I'm not as freaked out by it as you know, most people who didn't grow up in a church that way. And Meredith seems to be having the time of her life. Like, she's dancing and singing and clapping along with everyone else. So clearly, even though she grew up Jewish... She was open-minded and ready to accept this church. I mean, music is universal. You could get down to any kind of music you want. Maybe not polka, but... I'm uh, <laughs> sure could, some people do. You I, could get down to some church music. Like I I've mean, there's to, some good church songs out there. Without a doubt. I really love Whitney's look at church. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that black outfit with that bombshell uh, blonde hair. She looks, so, she looks sophisticated and sexy all unintentionally sexy. She, uh, um, her hair and makeup make her look a little bit more mature, for, which I think is a good choice for church. By you know, she looks like a sexy assassin. This whole scene with her church outfit and then also her confessional with that blonde Hollywood bombshell hair. I'm like, I'm totally digging Whitney's look as much as I'm digging. What a great support she is. She is that. quite the chameleon with her looks. She's got a lot of different looks that changes a lot. Um, so. Here we go. This church is getting going and starting, and here comes Mary. Mary coming down the aisle with that wig. Getting praised and loved on, all the things that she craves. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk on social media about her church being a cult. There's a lot of, you know, and again, this type of church is very uncomfortable for a lot of people. But what's really important here is that Mary makes Whitney her father, Meredith, and I guess even their friend Jeff, she makes them all feel welcome. She makes them feel important. And she makes them feel like their needs are being addressed. And I think that's really invaluable for Whitney's dad um, and even for Whitney and Meredith who are there. I, I, her dad really seemed to get a lot out of this service. Well, that's what church should be, is a place to, so you don't feel alone. Church should be a place where you Fellowship. can let go of all of those burdens to a higher power, whatever it is. I don't necessarily believe in a God. I believe in a higher power. I believe in giving yourself up, like all your problems to that higher power and letting it go because you could hold on so much guilt and hurt throughout your life. It's good just to let it go. So I feel church is such a good outlet for that. And I feel like her, Whitney's dad 
is really getting out a lot of, a lot out of this because he really honestly just needs to know that he's not alone and that he's okay and that he's doing he's doing okay. Addiction is so hard and being abandoned by your own church is so harmful and that's not what church should be. This church should be praising, lifting him up and trying to guide him to help. You know, I think all religion, all spirituality, church, all that, I think it's all based on the same thing. The golden rule. How do you treat other people? I think that, you know, growing up Christian, I think the only thing that God really cares about is how well you treat other Just people. Just being a good person. Yeah, being a good citizen. I don't think God cares if you smoke a cigarette. I don't think God cares if you look at porn. I think God cares how you treat other people. Or your God, your higher being, whatever that is. So I don't think God wanted you to your pastor to have six inch stiletto platforms and a a gold microphone. I just don't like that. I I don't like money being flaunted around at churches and stuff because I grew up very, very poor. And I remember my mom putting a lot of money in the collection plate every week. And it was at the point where I was like, well, I'm not even getting anything like clothes and stuff. So it kind of shocks me to see when churches flaunt their money because I grew up so poor and my mom gave away money to the church because she believed in it. And I just don't want people to think that churches are supposed to be money greedy and stuff like that. And I feel like Mary is very much gives off that portrayal. She may not believe that, but she's always adorning all these jewelries and fancy clothes. It's and a gold microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she can say that uh, her money was her mom's issue, but clearly money is everyone's issue here. I wonder if Mary went to seminary school. I guess it's probably a quick Google. If anyone knows if Mary went to seminary school, if anyone went to seminary school with Mary, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Give us, send us a DM, an email, you name it. We'd like to hear more about that. Um, So definitely lots about Mary this week. And no matter what a weird situation it is, no matter what uh, you think about Mary, I'm really glad that we got some television time with Mary. Let's get into the Jen Shaw squad. The Shaw squad at the chalet. She's get. They're doing trial hair and makeup. I love this. This is the day before Whitney's party. They're doing trial hair and makeup. I think that's that's professional. <laughs> Another a kind of. I don't know if it's an iconic moment from Jen. I Shaw, love it that moment for sure. Yeah, I love it that Jen Shaw is like. I just love my dress. Every time I look at it, it makes me want to cry. But I'm getting my makeup done, so I can't. <laughs> and so she she asked Carrie to cry for her, but clearly Carrie couldn't cry on demand. <laughs> hey, Jen Shaw. You could hire me to be a professional crier. Here, watch this, watch this. Oh my God, that dress. It's like a teardrop from a dying star, giving off its last breath to honor how beautiful you are in that dress. <laughs> I totally buy that. I, I buy that 100%. Okay, good. Jen Shaw, I'm available. So if you need a crier and a new train carrier. Yes, I will cry while carrying your train, and I will make sure that no <laughs> teardrops get on that beautiful dress. Uh, reach out to Hunter Harden. <laughs> We've got what you need. Um, Jen talks about how this is her... You know, she, we get to meet the whole Shaw squad, and she talks about how this is her family because Sharif is never home. And, you know, every time she mentions it, what she mentions it, I believe, every episode,
episode and sometimes multiple times. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies because I, I want them to work out. I like Sharif. I like them together. He seems like a great guy, but anytime housewives are constantly complaining about their husbands not being home, that always spells a bit of doom that makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't think it's going to be the case with this one because I think they've got a good, strong relationship. And you know what? Who can honestly complain with Jen Shaw getting... Like 12 hands on her at a time, getting her ready in the mornings and getting jewels put on. It's one jewel at a time on her fingernails. I love it. And then the the bronze tray. Oh, yes. Embellished with a shot and also blueberries and limes. That's beautiful. I mean, she is an Egyptian goddess, if you're going to ever say anything about her. Yeah, she's stunning. <laughs> or stunning. a Tongan goddess now. There yeah, go, there yeah, we yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> So we do find out that Jen is still is upset that Meredith has canceled the sleepover. Now, you would think that as a woman with ch- children, she would understand that a mom might want to hang out with her son and daughter while they want to hang out with her. Yeah, I guess. If I had kids, I'd rather hang out with Jen Shaw. Well, I mean, me too. <laughs> me too. But I, um, you know, but Jen is taking this personally, and she doesn't even know that she should be taking it personally because Brooks has really kind of single-handedly canceled this sleepover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Them. He put down his platform boot, whatever he's wearing, and he's <laughs> like, Mom, we're not doing this. Cut to a space called Ember where Heather Gay is having a baby shower for her beauty lab and laser employees. I love it that it's just an all-white baby shower. It's not the generic, stereotypical pink or blue. Even though they know that they're all having boys. Yeah, five women all having boys. Did you catch that one girl has her fingernails painted pink, one of the pregnant women? I think she was really hoping for a girl. <laughs> Maybe she was. Maybe <laughs> she was. They all really looked beautiful. And um, I really love Heather Gay's toast. It was kind of had a moment of reality in it with some humor. Like I appreciate that. I love a, a speech that has some good humor in it. And again, we really get to dig into Heather Gay just feeling like she never had the opportunity to explore who she was. Um, You can see regret that she didn't take the opportunities to explore who she is, who who is that good time girl. So it's nice to uh, get get a little bit deeper into her story and those feelings about that. I think Heather Gay's a really good role model. I think she's just learning from all the mistakes and not like really telling people what to do with their lives. She's just hoping that people will appreciate themselves more and not let this religion kind of tear them down in the negative ways that it can. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, (laughs) but before we even have that conversation with Jen Shaw and Whitney, let's talk about their looks as they come in. Jen Shaw, of course, walks in with a jacket and cocktail dress made from a hundred virgin swans and <laughs> gold shoes that wrap up to her hip bones. <laughs> For sure. Uh, those straps, that strappy golden sandal, you don't ever see the end of those straps. No. And Heather Gay says, oh, snappy snap. I love the way Heather Gay talks. She's, she says, oh, snap. She says, that's a dig. Like, all that. It's like- such, like, 90s terms and stuff. And when she says it, it's such a mom-sounding thing. I just love, I love Heather Gay. <laughs> I do, too. It sounds like something that she I makes would me do. giggle. We're trying to be like the cool kids. The ladies haven't seen each other since skiing, and Whitney is like, "Listen, I'm. We set a clean slate, so I'm going to have a clean slate. I've invited Lisa, um, but Jen Shaw does not have a clean slate with Mary. Uh, the Mary Crosby situation again. Jen is being very irrational, upset about it. I think. 
Um, but honestly, there's got to be something else underlining this of her kind of flipping out about it. I know Jen Shaw is very ride or die. She considers her friends her family like she's very tight and stuff so i think that mary crosby kind of going against her and her you know family and stuff by saying that thing she just is taking it way too close to heart but there's got to be another underlining reason why jen shaw is being so upset about this well part of it i think boils down to her exact quote mary doesn't really care about my feelings i don't feel like she feels that mary showed any remorse for hurting her feelings. No. I mean, what did what Mary say was the most horrible thing in the world? No. But again, I've said it practically every episode. What would be the harm of saying, you know what, I recognize that I've hurt your feelings with what I said, and I'm so sorry about that. And I think that's what really Jen Shaw needs from Mary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just don't think Mary has the the capacity, emotional capacity to do that. <laughs> Maybe even intellectual. Who knows? Uh, oh, I'm trying not to be so hard on Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Whitney. She keeps trying to bring up like these matters and stuff to people, and she just keeps getting yelled at. First it was Lisa, and now it's Jen Shaw. <laughs> yes, how can you? You know, I, I, again, I do understand why Jen has hurt feelings, but I don't understand why she would kind of require her adult friends to pick a side. I, I, I don't support that. Jen Shaw says she's, I'm not making you make a choice. I'm just making you tell me. But she's really making him a choice. Yeah, yeah. You can't not go be friends with her and be friends with me. I'm not saying choose. I'm just saying tell me. But she's saying choose. Yeah, but she says that iconic line. Bitch, vote. Bitch, vote. <laughs> I love, that is a great, great line. I'm going to use it for other things. I'm going to use it for other things in my life. I would never tell anyone to choose sides uh, over a friendship. But I'm going to be like, you know, every couple, their number one argument is, what are we going to have for dinner? And then you go back and forth for 15 minutes to trying to choose for dinner. I'm just going to be like, bitch, vote. Oh, I'm just going to say, bring it to the bunny hill. <laughs> and I'm going to vote on the bunny hill what to have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people on social media have been giving Jin Shaw a really hard time about you know, freaking out about this whole Mary situation. And I just have to say, listen, if Vicky Gunvalson from OC can have a complete meltdown about them bringing a family van to pick up her luggage and her family to go to the airport and still be an icon for 14 seasons, then Jen Shaw can freak out for a moment about Mary saying she smelled like hospital. We're winding down to like a quick montage of everyone getting ready before the party. And here's Lisa in her closet getting ready in front of a mirror. Oh, wait, no, that's Meredith with her. <laughs> I thought that was a mirror. They uh, they seriously do look so much alike. I, I'm going to have such a hard time telling them apart. I'm going to mix their names up so many times during this podcast. I'm so sorry, people. <laughs> no, folks, trust me, he already does. I edit it out every time, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, and here's Whitney and her husband, Justin. I want to see more of them together and I want to see more of his personality I think he is a lot of fun yeah he seems to have more of a youthful personality which would match well you know I'm dating an older man and I'm considered you're married I mean I mean (laughs) 
Yes, I am married to an older man, so it's I'm I consider myself an old soul, and I consider you a pretty young soul. I am, I and agree. I, I consider that to be Whitney and Justin's kind of relationship. I agree because I I've said already, Whitney has a very old soul. She is a smart whip. Yes, and then we get Jen Shaw's dress reveal, which is just <sighs> stunning. I don't know if it's twenties or not, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> and she tells her. Her Shaw squad that she would have fired them if they didn't clap for her. <laughs> I know, that's great. Um, Whitney looks as great as I thought that she would for her own party. And I really love watching everyone trying to get into this party and what they say to try to get into like the, the sneaky door. Yeah, I would like some liquid antiques. Yeah. And then when he opens the door, she goes, we love a good closet. <laughs> And like, who loves a good... I hate the closet. I'm glad to be out of it. You know what I'm saying? I just made it look fabulous and jumped out. And then Mary comes in wearing a beret. Meredith is wearing a 70s-inspired pantsuit. I, 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 I don't get it. I can understand Mary because she's got that pile of clothes she just grabs clothes out of. <laughs> but Meredith, girl... And you know it's a great party when the announcer has to say, ladies and gentlemen, do not touch the performers tonight. Uh, And talking about performers, I'm so glad Brooks isn't there tonight because he'd be like, "Uh, these people are having fun and they're dancing and I could see a vagina. Right. I mean, if Heather Gay can say, quote unquote, too much vulva, then Brooksy would probably Uh, have He would hate it. Uh, And the cowboy stripper. Okay. Cowboy stripper, uh, you're obviously most likely straight because your underwear does not match your outfit or the hat that you're still wearing. Tip to any strippers or dancers out there, please do the whole ensemble and make it match. Make it work. (laughs) But I I love that there's lots of strippers and stripper polage here, but it really is not 20s And and it's not even, one of them's not even a pole. It's a hanging circle. Uh, Yeah, it's not not 20s, but at least it's entertaining. At least it's a ton of fun. And um, even though Lisa only gets like five minutes of screen time this whole episode, she does give us, I think, maybe the best line of the night. I was bringing the decadence and they were bringing the depression like Ooh, that's a great that's line. good that is a good line and we finish off the episode with jen shaw's interest we do find out that she's a little drunk she did drink a little bit before she came and she's very fashionably late so everybody can see her walk in with that big train following her i just ah, uh, she has got some presence but she walks in first thing she sees is mary and meredith chumming it she up she is not happy and that sets us up for what looks like to be a very exciting episode four Oh, and talking about episode four, Jen Shaw looks like she has a complete breakdown. Yeah. I mean, probably drinking before the party and then during the party was not a great idea, but also during what appears to be a hard time in her life. Yeah. So, and um, next episode's going to be really juicy. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. It's been a really, we've seen this episode four or five times. Uh, we're just loving this show the more and more time we get to spend with the ladies. And we hope that you're enjoying hearing us recap this show for you and giving you our thoughts. Thank you guys so much. This is a fun journey. Thank you for being a part of it. Please make sure to follow us on all the social media outlets. On Twitter, we are House Bears of SLC. On Instagram and Facebook, we are The Real House Bears of SLC. You can email us at The Real House Bears of SLC at gmail.com. 
And please go to YouTube, The Real House Bears of Salt Lake City, and subscribe to us. And also, if you have iTunes podcasts, please go give us a review and a star rating. If you loved the show, please give us a five star. If you hated the show, please give us a five star. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.